Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair's senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week. From the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. This week, we'll be talking about Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande, an assorted other teenage and tween age and 20-something pop star jingle ball performances, Beyonce's selfie with Mariah Carey, and whether or not Meghan Markle, our favorite gal, may be overplaying her hand with Prince Harry with a new accessory she sported this week. Before we get into the week's big stories, though, Josh and I are both recording remotely this week. I'm in Pittsburgh, my hometown of Pittsburgh, and already I've had some of my parents' friends who don't understand podcasts ask why they couldn't see us while listening. So I thought it might be nice to kind of give everyone a visual. So I'm, I'm in a closet in my house in Pittsburgh, and Josh, even more excitingly, is in Washington, D.C., where he and his suits, his gallivant suits are going to attend tonight's holiday <laughs> party at the White House. Josh, tell me everything, because when I saw you in New York last week, you did not even have this planned. Well, first of all, we're not in the same place anymore. I feel like we had this amazing New York week, and it was very special to get to record together. And now we've gotten about as far away from recording together as you can. I'm in D.C. or in Pittsburgh, recording from a closet, <laughs> and I'm in a closet in Washington, D.C. So we're in two separate closets in completely different cities. It's as far as it gets from each other. It was really, it was like before sunset or something. We had this fantastic (laughs) week in New York together, and now my heart just hurts. I'm in D.C. I am going to the White House holiday party tonight, which is very unexpected. You know, it's kind of exciting to be here. Obviously, I've never been to the White House. I've never met the president. I've never met Michelle Obama. I'm wondering if Tasha and Malia will be there. Apparently, they have a few different holiday parties for like different members of the press and different kind of industries and professions. So this is one of the ones that they're having this year. Oh, that's when you know you've made it, when you have so many friends that you have to host different parties. They have to do so much of this meet and greet style stuff to begin with. But like, you know, I wonder if they're just like, oh, another holiday party. Meanwhile, I've canceled everything I have in the next like three weeks just to recover and prepare for tonight. It's pretty regimented. I was telling you before, Julie, but like, they have a strict time you get there, like, you know, a certain amount of time for mingling. And then I assume it's kind of like a madhouse to get your picture with them. By the time podcast listeners are listening to this, it will already have happened. But Julie, what do you think I should say? Like, I don't know what to say to them. Right. So Josh said that everyone essentially waits in line to get their photo taken with Obama, which is preferable, I'd imagine, to Santa. I'm just, I'm so curious what the scene is. Is he going to be like on some sort of throne? Is there going to be a Christmassy backdrop? I mean, what if Obama is wearing the Christmas Santa Claus outfit? Well, right, because this is the best thing. Josh couldn't figure out what to wear because he found out about this like yesterday. He said the dress code was, what was it, like business attire or holiday attire? Yeah, which is confusing. So it's business or holiday, which are very different That's a wide spectrum. Like they're really rolling the dice there. I feel like there could be people showing up in like light up Christmas sweaters. Well, that's the thing. And then business is the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, you know, pinstripe going in for an interview looking, you know, professional look. Technically, you could go in in a full Santa suit and it would be acceptable. (laughs) 
I know. And Michelle would probably like just give me that look and I'd like walk out immediately in shame. Are you wearing a fun tie? So I was in a mad dash to pack this morning and I threw in, no exaggeration, 11 ties into my bag. (laughs) So I'm going to be doing like a, you know, clueless style in front of the machine, you know, running through my different options. I don't know. What tie do you wear to meet the president? It's like an impossible task. Do you have a holiday tie, like Christmas trees or something? Mm, I don't know. It's like... Well, now I know what I'm getting you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I have nothing holiday themed, which is probably not a good call. You need to say something great, though. You need to make a lasting impression. Yeah, right. I'm sure he's heard it all, you know? Like, what hasn't someone said to the president? You could say something like, uh, I don't know, have you ever listened to my podcast? You could give the podcast a little shout. You know what? I'm sure he's never gotten. What's your feelings about Meghan Markle? (laughs) I don't think he knows who she is. President Obama probably... I mean, there's like, what, a 3% chance he knows who Meghan Markle is? Uh, There's no way he has seen an episode (laughs) of Suits. Unless that White House gym has it programmed in the DVR. There is no way. I do feel like it's a very dad show. That's the only thing I'll say. And, you know, maybe he's had a stressful week. I can't, right, I, I, I can't imagine, like, Sasha and Malia coming in, seeing him watching Suits again. They roll their eyes and change the channel. I can see that. I don't know. I could see him having a Suits thing. He might not know Meghan Markle by name. I might have to use her character name and see if that, <laughs> you know, if there's any flicker of recognition there. Well, are you going to get to meet Bo? Are there going to be any musicians performing? I don't know. I'm hoping for some sort of, like, surprise Beyonce dropping from the ceiling, you know, to sing Merry Christmas. I don't know. I mean, right? Anything seems possible. It's the White House, for God's sake. But yeah, we had a very exciting week in New York. One of the fun things that Julie and I got to do last week was we got to spend an evening at the premiere Passengers, the Jennifer Lawrence, Chris Pratt sci-fi adventure, which was very fun to get to see it early. And also Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt were there. They were there. It was at the Crosby Street Hotel. There was a little Vanity Fair sponsored cocktail hour before the actual screening. And it was fun because Jen came looking incredible. She wore this lacy dress. Josh especially was wowed by it. Chris Pratt was there. And then a few of their friends like Andy Cohen, who Jen said she texts with every time she has feedback on the Real Housewives franchise. Yes. Diane Sawyer, who looked incredible, although Josh might disagree. <laughs> no, she looked she looked great. <laughs> um, it was a funny sort of media e crowd, I guess. Nico Tortorella was there. I saw from Younger, but it was kind of a funny mix of people to come see this film. And Jennifer did look really good, and they got to introduce it together. I was actually disappointed though because. They like went up on stage before and, you know, they're two of the most incredible, charismatic performers and Jennifer didn't really speak before. I was like really excited for her to tell some sort of monologue or something, but you know, she was very sweet and like, they both seemed very excited about this film and it was cool to get to see them introduce it. Right. I think they were a little bit nervous because they said it was the first screening of their film. And was she wearing, it's hair extensions, right? This is like my fashion knowledge. And my hair knowledge is really up there. Well, I wouldn't have noticed because they looked so good. It was just that, you know, we've seen her recently with very short hair. Right. That's where I was thrown off. Because like, obviously, in Julie's incredible Jennifer Lawrence cover story, the, the photos that went along with it, like her oh hair was Oh my gosh, you're like my mom. You find every way to root back to the cover story. I love it. <laughs> but like her hair was very short on the cover. And then at the passenger screening, it was very, very, it was like down to her waist. No, it wasn't, but it was long. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was very long and they looked fantastic, even though they've obviously been, I imagine, tirelessly promoting this film and doing interviews and going on talk shows and all that stuff. But it was nice because it was a very small group. It wasn't a big red carpet premiere. They introduced the film. Everybody got popcorn, really, really great popcorn. Oh my gosh, incredible. I was like all over Julie to get that pop once I had the first taste. I know. Well, I grabbed the popcorn. Josh did not. And then he was sitting next to one of our coworkers and he felt like he needed to offer her the popcorn too. It was made it was me really a lot. Angry. There was a lot of popcorn going around. It was actually interesting. You know, I was thinking about how crazy it is because weren't they like in Europe the, literally the day before this? And then like, like going around, I don't know. I just was thinking about the promotional tour you have to do for a movie like this. And at a certain point, you're probably just like so exhausted, right? I know. Well, we had seen Chris Pratt Snapchatting from like Russia that morning. So we were like, there's no way he's actually going to be showing up at the premiere. But then, of course, he was there and he looked incredible. And then, Julie, you saw, it was like your Jennifer Lawrence. It was my Jennifer Lawrence week. So we had Monday night with her. She and Chris Pratt had incredible chemistry on screen. By the way, I love that you say we had Monday night with Jennifer Lawrence. It's just so chic to be able to say it like that. Okay, keep going. (laughs) And then Tuesday night, I went out to dinner with another beloved coworker of mine, Ben Park. I said I was in the mood for Italian food. He chose this really swanky restaurant, Il Buco. We had a fantastic seat in the front right by the window, fantastic food. Everything was great. I got up to use the ladies' room, and as I was walking back, I saw someone who looked like Darren Aronofsky. I thought that could not possibly be him, and then I looked to see what table he had walked away from, and sure enough, there was Jennifer hunched over her phone at the table, and I only really could confirm it was her because earlier that day I had gotten a press release from, I think it was like Burberry or some fashion house saying that Jennifer was spotted that day wearing a certain coat, and there was a photo of the coat, and sure enough, the coat was slung over the chair. So I didn't bother her, but it was just, it was really, really kind of cool to say that I had seen her two nights in a row. I love that Nancy drew detective work of seeing the code and knowing it from the email. Just another case solved. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like in your cover story, didn't, she said Darren was a visionary, right? He was a visionary. They just filmed a movie together, a horror film called Mother, which I can't wait to see. It co-stars Javier Bardem and... Michelle Pfeiffer, and there are very few details available about it. I guess it comes out next year, but they really are keeping their cards close to the vest and want to surprise everybody. So I, and I guess he kind of shaped the film after Jennifer signed on. So I can't help but wonder that he kind of shaped her character or role, whatever that is around her. And I'm just really excited to see it. I always like when the director and the star have some sort of rumor. I guess it's not even rumored at this point since there have been photos of them, you know, being romantic. But, you know, it's always interesting to me to see how those movies end up playing out when you know there's like this behind the scenes situation going on at the same time. I know. Sometimes you can feel that kind of behind the scenes passion thing going on, which is cool. And you really roll the dice because I think Charlize Theron starred in a film that Sean Penn, who was her boyfriend at the time, directed. And then they had to go out and promote it together after they had already broken up. So that also adds an interesting kind of subplot to that whole 
arc. Right. Like, what if they have to promote this movie whenever the Darren-Jennifer movie comes out and they're not together anymore? That is risky. I guess it's like if you and I... I don't know. I guess it's if you like date a coworker essentially, and then you have to go into the office and see that coworker all the time. Yeah, right. I guess it's like any professional entanglement. You just don't know how it's going to play out. Right. Except all of your awkward encounters by the elevator are, you know, videotaped. This is getting into dangerous territory. Um. But anyway, I guess we can talk about our next topic. Essentially, Thursday night, Josh and I attended our work holiday party, which was fantastic. Shout out to Elise Taylor who planned the most amazing holiday party of all time, complete with location change. It was really well thought out and planned. But so the next day, I was recuperating, like, in bed, sweats, could not move. And I look on Instagram, and Josh is Instagramming these photos of Justin Bieber in concert. I don't know how you got the energy to go out on the town again, but I guess you were at the Jingle Ball? Yeah, so... I need to make some sort of mental note to maybe like not be trying to attend events to cover the day after such occasions and being around like 80,000 screaming, you know, 14 year olds. But that said, it was fun. So the Jingle Ball is uh, for those of us who aren't, you know, either under the age of 18 or like with cousins <laughs> that age. <laughs> the Jingle Ball is this New York radio tours across the country. It's like the top pop acts of the moment. And they kind of perform one by one, like, you know, 12 or 15 of them. And it's a long night. It started at 7.30 and went till about 12.30 a.m. Okay, what's the demographic of audience members? Where is it? It's held at Madison Square Garden. So it's at this, like, you know, it's in this huge arena. And the demos, I mean, it was surprising to me. Like, I would have thought, actually, it would have skewed younger. You know, in front of me was a group of like cousins who are probably around 27, 28, having some sort of like cousins night out. And there was like five or six 30 something businessmen bros in suits who were dancing up a storm to dip low on the chain smokers. I felt very much age appropriate. Usually at these things, sometimes I feel like I'm, you know, a foot taller than everyone and like should be taking them to their soccer practice, but not in this case. (laughs) Well, how did you decide to go to the Jingle Ball and who did you go with? I went with my friend from high school and we've actually, this is, I don't know if it's embarrassing or not. Maybe I should just be owning it. We've been to five straight, I want to say. So this is a tradition. <laughs> yeah. It's like we went to one in Boston. We've been to three straight in New York. She lives in Boston, so I don't get to see her that much. So this is kind of our chance to catch up <laughs> over the like pulsating beats of Ariana Grande. <laughs> but we always have a good time. We always get like chicken fingers or something, you know, it's like that kind of vibe. The main event was definitely Justin Bieber. Like everyone was just waiting to see Justin Bieber. You know, after each act, they announced coming up next is Charlie Puth. And then like people cheer or not cheer, depending on if they're like excited to see Charlie Puth. And when they said Justin Bieber, people lost their minds, like a static shrieking. Well, my favorite was Josh was Snapchatting from the arena. And at one point, he Snapchatted this middle-aged woman, definitely a mom, in his row, just losing it, standing up in her chair, dancing, like no one was watching. What was she dancing to? Was that Justin Bieber? No. So actually, she was dancing to... During the breaks, they would play like pop songs of the moment. So they were playing that Rihanna Calvin Harris song. Um, oh, no. And nobody was even on stage. She was just that into it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, even especially wonderful. But I also felt like it was a very mom's night out because a lot of moms were there with their kids 
And the kids would be like in their pack of eight. And then the moms would be in the row behind, which I thought was interesting. The moms wouldn't even be in the row with the kids. And then the moms would just be like drinking like white wine after white wine. And by the time Bieber started, they were like, you know, cave women, basically. (laughs) You're kind of selling me on this. I thought there was no world in which I would want to be in that audience. But have you ever seen Justin Bieber live? I had never seen him live. No, I really can't stand crowds of screaming people. I can't even remember the last concert I've been to. Oh, wow. That's an interesting learning. I didn't know about you. I know. Let's see. I saw NSYNC in concert when I was like a teenager, but I think that kind of turned me off. The last concert you went to was NSYNC? No, no, not the last concert, but that was one of the last concert of that nature. Okay. That's like me saying the last TV show I saw was Cheers or something. (laughs) Um, Like... I know this is such a somber note in our pop culture podcast. No, I've seen like the Rolling Stones more recently. Mm, That hardly counts. Anyway, (laughs) the point is that everyone is very excited to see Bieber. And I was like kind of not sure how it would feel. But he actually did, you know, I have to hand it to him. He puts in a lot of effort and really commands that stage in a way I wouldn't have expected. He was wearing a hoodie, though, I saw on your Instagram, which is kind of like, I don't know, me showing up at the concert in a hoodie. (laughs) It was a weird outfit. He was wearing them. What do you call those, like, black athletic pants? Those tights, kind of, that you would wear to, like, a yoga class? And then over the black tights, he was wearing white basketball shorts. Oh, compression pants? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, compression pants. Interesting. Yeah, my husband wears that to the gym, but I I would hope he wouldn't wear that on stage in front of like 50,000 screaming fans. And you're right, because the hoodie was to me like symbolic of... I mean, because and like the hoodie kept like falling off, and it was like draped around his like. No, he took it wait, off. Follow this thought. It was symbolic of because you were the only person in that audience thinking about the symbolism behind Justin Bieber's hoodie. <laughs> the hoodie kept falling on and off, and to me, it seemed symbolic of this laissez-faire. I don't know, like I'm gonna try, but not really try. I'm like here, but not really here. There was like this sort of just lackadaisicalness to it that, to me, was represented by this hoodie. Wow. It was like, commit. Either wear the hoodie or don't wear the hoodie, you know? And like, to me, that could be like a metaphor for him as an artist at this point. Like, commit to it or don't commit to it, you I know? feel like you could write a thesis statement on this 20-minute performance. But wait, what was his banter like? This is my favorite part of hearing about concerts, is what the performer's banter was. I was hoping maybe he would have some sort of like, not meltdown, I wouldn't wish that, but like... You know, he recently at a concert went off on this long tangent. Did you see that about how Instagram was the devil? No. He went on this long rant about how like we're all losing our minds and becoming horrible people because of the effects of social media. I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah, he's not wrong. And I was hoping he'd give another topical sermon like that. But instead he was like very somber almost. He sort of looked vacant and bored. Like he would be doing his dance moves, but there was like an expressionlessness on his face, which was a little bit eerie, actually, because like he was moving with this like robotic precision, but then like his face was showing no emotion. Oh. And his banter was very simplistic, I want to say. The only thing he said that was kind of interesting was he said, this is the latest show I've ever done, because I guess it was about midnight when he took the stage. He was like, thanks all of you guys for staying up. And then... I guess at one point at the end, he said, don't drink and drive. That was like his message. This is really sad. There's like a threat of Britney Spears. I'm sensing. Oh my God, I know. And I was thinking about that. These performers, they get to this height and they 
kind of go from tourist stop to tourist stop without even having any moment to pause and reflect or be themselves or just normal people. So it's like they just become these robotic, I don't know, something a little sad about it. What would the comparison be for us if we had to write the same post about Taylor Swift every day? <laughs> like every day. That all said, I did sort of appreciate I don't know. He didn't like completely phone it in. He sort of looked to me like he was on his way to basketball practice and decided to like stop (laughs) off and perform some songs. He was bored. He's waiting for his friend. So he's just going to like, you know, sing a little bit, but not worry too much about it. It was like a 70% effort kind of thing. I wonder what is on his rider backstage. Gatorade, something kind of bro-y, chips and salsa. I agree. I think there's probably some weird stuff, too, that we can't even imagine. You know, like a watermelon, three hot peppers. I feel like he just has the weirdest cravings, I imagine. Right. Well, on the subject of performers and concerts, our next topic of conversation is Mariah Carey posted on Instagram a selfie of herself and Beyonce. I guess Beyonce came out to see her perform. And Mariah posted, the caption said, I love you at Beyonce. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. Heart emoji, kiss emoji, microphone emoji, hands up emoji, weird, a block, a square, and then lips. Hashtag Merry Christmas. There are like 10 different amazing layers to the Instagram. The first of which is that Mariah is clearly posing with her like preferred side out to the camera. Beyonce's kind of in the dark. Her face is not well lit. And I just love that this is kind of like this weird displug that like Beyonce, queen of the world, came out to see Mariah in concert. I saw this Instagram last night and I don't know if you had the same reaction, but like this is not, you know, Beyonce always looks amazing. And if anyone's been listening to this podcast, even for five minutes, they know how we feel about her. But this is not a great photo of her. And I wonder if that was intentional. I mean, like, I don't know. This is it's a weird angle. I feel like when you take a picture with someone, you kind of know if you look good or the friend looks good. And you kind of don't try to post one if the friend doesn't sort of out of courtesy. This to me feels like when you do post the one where the friend doesn't look great. It's such a drastic difference because Mariah's makeup is so perfect. The lighting <laughs> is perfect. It's almost like... Mariah, like, she took a selfie and then she had someone Photoshop a portrait of herself into just this grainy, badly lit selfie. And I was interested because after I saw this last night, I immediately, you know, had a cold glass of water just to relax for a second. (laughs) And then I researched a little on Twitter and Beyonce fans were not pleased about this photo. Like, they thought that Mariah, like, purposefully did this. So, like, the Beyonce fans were not happy Part of me feels like Mariah is not even really looking at Beyonce. She's just looking at herself and maybe didn't even realize. Well, right. I feel like Mariah definitely asked for the selfie, right? It wasn't Beyonce. Right. If you're taking a selfie with Beyonce, you have to kind of ask for her permission, I feel, no? I feel like Beyonce, Oprah, there's a few people like that. I feel like you got to make sure they're cool with it. I know. And there's definitely some sort of selfie curse, superstar selfie curse, where if you do that, I don't know what the worst thing to happen to Mariah would be for the next 50 years. 
So talk me through how you think this came up. Like Mariah definitely asked for it, right? I'm just so skeptical of the whole thing because I don't know if Beyonce is that big of a Mariah fan that she would want to go out to see her in concert. I feel like you're implying something there, Julie. I don't know. It's just like <laughs> the weird quality of this photo. If you look at the photo, it's like Mariah is airbrushed to death. And then Beyonce is beautiful, looks great, but it's just the quality of a badly lit selfie. Like, they needed Kris Jenner on hand there with Corey Gamble to put up his flashlight on Beyonce's side so there was more light. I don't know. It just looks very Photoshopped to me. I was, side note, very pleased that at our holiday party, someone was taking a photo of me and then our friend of the podcast, Justin Bishop, held up a light to help our selfie out and someone shouted, he's Corey Gambling. Uh, (laughs) So it made me feel like that was catching on a little bit. But... The more I'm looking at this photo, first of all, I feel like it's like a magic eye where you keep seeing new things in it. But I also, you know, I also feel like you're right. The lighting is completely different on either side. Like, it's crazy. Right. I didn't want to start a selfie conspiracy theory, but I mean, I think something is definitely amiss here. Mariah clearly wants Beyonce. I mean, who doesn't want Beyonce's approval? But I'm sure, like, for her to have Beyonce come is a big deal, no? Well, you know what we should do? We need to take a selfie that we took together, Photoshop completely this Beyonce into it, and then just be like, thanks, Beyonce, for coming out (laughs) to watch us record in the limelight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and just post it up I, we're definitely doing that and we're going to use the same lighting where it's us looking like same lighting it's like, us looking so perfect we've never looked better and then like Beyonce thanks for dropping off the like flowers and champagne <laughs> we're, we're so appreciative of your support we love you Beyonce thank you so much and then like heart emoji kissy emoji microphone we'll just use Mariah's emojis because they're perfect hashtag Merry Christmas the microphone is perfect and this is a great plug for our new In the Limelight Instagram Instagram account, which you can follow at In the Limelight VF. And that's where you can find that. We promise it will come this week. Josh, that was a fantastic transition. You're learning. I'm trying. And like, let's see if I can do one more. So we must end every week with from, uh, I don't know, from Mariah to Megan. I was going to try to do an M thing, but that's not going to happen for us. From superstar to suit star. Oh my God, Julie. You don't understand what I just did in this closet in Washington, D.C. when you just said that. Do we drop the mic right now? <laughs> I think that should just be the end of the whole... This is the end of the whole thing. <laughs> this is the end of the series. We've done everything we set out to. We really have. That was amazing. But so last week, I get a G-chat from Josh with no explanatory link at all. It's an all-caps G-chat from Josh saying... Meghan Markle is overplaying her hand. It's like he thinks that I have those futuristic contact lenses where all day long I'm just seeing a Meghan Markle news feed. But after some quick research, I saw Daily Mail posted photos of her out and about with an extreme zoom in on her new necklace, which is gold with one M and one H strung on it, obviously, or I assume, standing for Meghan and Harry. To me, it's like wild. To wear a necklace that has the M and the H on it is basically like taunting the press at this point. It's like one step away from her just walking outside with a Prince Harry t-shirt on. Oh yeah, you know, it almost reminds me a little bit of, remember when Tom Hiddleston wore that I Heart TS thing? It had that same quality to me of like, 
that's so public and it's so over the top and it just doesn't seem in any way subtle. Or organic and people just assume that he wanted more press so that he would be cast as James Bond. I don't know what Meghan Markle would be after, like a bigger Suits arc. This is a little preview, but I'm working on a royal-related story, and I was talking to the Fug girls who like follow the royals with extreme closeness. And they were saying, which I totally agree with, it just doesn't seem the necklace wearing, the social media, it's just not at all the kind of royal protocol. And it's, you know, maybe a good thing that she's pushing the boundary, so to speak, but it feels very like a palace faux pas to be this blatant about things, you know? Like Kate Middleton has always played everything so low key. She's not on social media. She doesn't speak out. She doesn't do anything that's kind of at all pushing the envelope. So for Megan to be just like, look at my necklace, y'all, just feels so brazen and like kind of shocking. Definitely shocking. And do you think she had she had to make that right? Or did Harry give those to her? I mean, I saw the jewelry designer said something being like, our necklaces are you know, amazing for someone who wants to make a personalized piece. They're using it as best they could to kind of promote the necklaces. I mean, if you were Harry and you saw that, don't you think you would be a little bit like, whoa, I don't know. Maybe Harry loves it. I'm on your page. I think if there's anyone who's skeptical, though, and cautious, it's Kate Middleton, who also has a Meghan Markle Google update at this point, and she's kind of watching out as the protective sister-in-law. I mean, Kate had to like wait eight years and be like so cautious, and everyone made fun of her and was like weighty Katie and they called her right. names. And now Megan just is like stomping around town. Putting her foot on the gas, accelerating. Oh, this is way too fast. Well, do you think there's anything strange too about the fact that they've been so public about they want privacy. Yes. Another beloved friend of the podcast, Kelly Butler, I think had the best theory on this. Oh, that she's hiding a big secret. Yes. Like she thought that maybe there was something crazy, like Megan might be pregnant and they were just right. hoping to kind of legitimize the relationship as soon as possible. So that's why they might've put the, the statement out. There was some wedding this weekend. One of the suit stars got married on Sunday. And like her love interest on the show, I think, like Patrick J. Adams. And Us Weekly ran a full story called Why Wasn't Meghan Marvel at Patrick J. Adams' Wedding? And the reason they said was that the two of them had talked about it before that we too much of a distraction if Megan was there. And I was like, oh my God, this is getting a little out of hand. Like she can't go to a wedding now because she's worried about she's going to be too much of a distraction. I mean, I guess if I was at that wedding, I would like clear the appetizers table and like start an inquisition. You would not play it cool. No, maybe, maybe she's right. But like, it's kind of wild. Like, don't you think she could have gone to that wedding and it would have been fine? Like there were other famous people at the wedding. I know. And especially if that's kind of the circle she works in. Again, we don't watch Suits. We would have had no idea who she was. I don't know. I just want to really reach out again if Kate Middleton is listening and if she wants to send us an email or a DM or something, even under an alias, uh, we would really appreciate your yeah, feedback. Any insider knowledge. Kate, we know you're looking for an outlet to vent. Uh, Megan, come to us. I know. Who's she even talking to? I guess Pippa. And you know William isn't fun to gossip with. She's like, oh my God, William, did you see this picture? And he's like, 
don't show me any more pictures of Megan, Kate. I'm trying to like fix this toy airplane or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) He's not fun to like, you know, look through Instagrams with. No, not at all. I didn't know you had a Prince William impression that you had been holding out. (laughs) That got a little more like, um, that was like a very sports bro impression, I felt. Well, I very much look forward to your recap of what it was like to talk about Meghan Markle with the president. Next week, exclusively here, we find out what Obama thinks of Meghan Markle. That does it for this week's In the Limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. And please remember to rate, review us on iTunes. It really, really helps us out. Julie and I get excited. We immediately text each other every time someone rates the reviews. So it's really doing us a big service. Also feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight to further discuss these subjects. Offer your feedback, your emotional support, your, you know, Mariah Carey Instagram conspiracy theories. We're there for you. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at J. Du. And as mentioned previously, we have an Instagram, which is in the limelight VF at the end of it. So in the limelight VF. This episode was edited and produced by Alana Milner. Thanks to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. And thank you all so much. We will talk to you next week for a special holiday edition uh, in the limelight. Bye.